Welcome to A Culture of the Supernatural. Hi, this is Apostle Jonathan Bird. Using my experience as a springboard, I want to share with you steps that you can take to begin the process of walking in the supernatural. Amazing progress can be made by both men and women who are willing to be discipled. True freedom is a result of understanding and receiving the truth about yourself and your creator. Come and join with me in today's message. Turn in 1 Kings, 1 Kings 19. I would love to stay here for a while, but I don't, I don't have time tonight. We're going to keep moving forward. But 1 Kings chapter 19, let's start with verse 19. So he departed from there, and he found Elisha, the son of Seraphath, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by, and he threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done with, what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him and he took a yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them and he boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and he gave it to the people. They ate. And then he arose and he had followed Elijah and he became his servant. Now, one of the most beautiful things about this story, and I, and I, I don't have a whole lot of time to, to go into this story, but it was a day when power met potential. I want you to hear that. So that is what Apostle uh, Saul was telling you at the end of all of this. This is what we want to have. We want to have supernatural power. And we want to have an intersection with your potential. Are you listening to me? So it was that day, it was on that day that Elisha could have said, no, I can't do this. Can you come back later? No. It was at that time that he had left one level and his opportunity to move into another level had come. And when the mantle of authority and a supernatural power had failed to the ground, he went and he tested it. And he went down to the Jordan and he took that mantle and he struck the water. And the Bible says the water went this way and that. Now the water went this way and that all the way down the river. It just didn't have a little spot where it did. So what does that mean? That when he hit it with a supernatural mantle, the water became supernatural. And when it went over this way and it went that, all of those crops were supernatural overnight grown. Why? Because something touched it with a supernatural power. When you come up here and he calls for healing, you are being touched with a supernatural power. You don't come up here to test it. You come up here to embrace it. And when he went down to that river and he says, where's the God of Elijah? Where is that God who answers by fire? Where is that supernatural God at? And he struck that water and it went this way and that. And I can see all of the farmers had a hundred full crops. Why? Because the water was charged with a supernatural power. Can, can you understand that? So I, and once you begin to believe that in your head, you don't have to perform for it. You just go home, you lay your hands on your spouse and you know you've been a nut for a long time. But tonight, power's about to meet potential. Yeah. 
Are you listening to me? And then you just simply lay your hands on him and say, let him have it, Jesus. Why? Because the excellency of the power might be of him and not of you. You just got to have faith to believe it. Just believe God for it. You don't have to work it up. So God's kingdom has a culture. Please keep that in mind. God's kingdom has a what? God's kingdom has a what? A culture. And there is, there, is, there is language in the culture. There's a lifestyle in the culture. There's a people group in the culture. And there is things to identify with the culture. When Apostle and I was over in Africa, there was a culture. We went to the store, they had cultural food. When we went to the church, people talked with cultural language. It was different. Do, do you understand that? So it was a culture. It was a lifestyle for them. It was how they lived. In fact, it was, it was several because it was a tribal. Uh, Monrovia is a tribal place where just a, a, a host of tribes uh, originate in that place. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 through 49, and the easy read version, these words. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spirit that is first, but the natural. And then the spiritual. Now, listen to what he says. He says, the natural came first with Adam, but when Jesus came, the supernatural came. The first Adam was a living being. He was a natural man. The second Adam was a life-giving spirit. He was supernatural. So let's go back to the scripture. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust, and as is the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. So he says, those who were born of the dust are the dust. But those who are born again from heaven is supernatural. You know, Nicodemus, he wanted to know Jesus. How is this possible? How is it possible? Can a man go back into his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus said, wait a minute. He says, you're a very intellectual man. You're a very religious man. And, and he says, you're a man of degree and high stature. How is it that you don't notice? So the question still is today to the church. How is it it don't know it? But you know it. So it says, as was the man of the dust, so also are those who are the dust, and as in the man of heaven, so are those who are in heaven. You. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's a supernatural kingdom. So you have supernatural power inside of you. Why don't you use it? You have the creative power of an awesome, mighty God inside of you. When you speak, your words create and form worlds. But you'll never know it if you don't believe it. So let me read on. It says, those who are of heaven, just as we have, just as we have born, bore the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the man in heaven. Tell the person next to you, you look pretty good. 
Tell the person on the other side, you look supernaturally good. <laughs> That's an improvement. In the book of Hebrews, in the Passion Translation, verse 1 and 2, these words. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by the prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a, 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 a fragment at a time. In other words, when God began to reveal this to them in the fullness of time, he sent his son Christ. But God only gave them, as the writer is talking about those of Israel, he only gave it to them at a fragment of time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of his son, the appointed heir to everything, for through him, God created the parama. Let me tell you, I love that word. God created the panorama. It's an extensive, unbroken view. What does that mean? That in these last days, Jesus spoke to us that when we became born again, he was going to pull the veil back from the supernatural and everything would be viewed. You would have a complete and a full view of everything. Now, I want you to know that. Because, see, that's why, you know, you say, well, I'm, how does that happen? Through seers, prophetic seers. That's how it happens. And so God shows them what's going on. It's an unbroken view. In other words, in other words when I say an unbroken view, when you, when you look from that place, you don't see a broken body. You see a, a healed body. When you look in that place, you don't see lack, you see abundance. You see, so you get a panorama view of what's in heaven. And so he tells you, I want you to pull out of that place in heaven into this earth. Jesus said, I only see, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear him say. Now, if we could ever get ministers to be that bold, we might have revival. Now, now, let's just suppose, let's just suppose Apostle So got up here on Sunday morning and said, all of you are just full of poison. You're just full of poison. Well, the church would empty out. We have become so accustomed to, to a democratic process that we wouldn't know what a, three, a theo would be. A theo is a God government, a God government. But we want to have a democratic process. How confusing and double-minded can we be in the church? We call it a theo. God's in charge, but we're asking everybody for a vote. Did God call the man and the woman to God or didn't he? If you really believe that God called you, and you really believe that it would all, you were anointed from heaven by the Holy Spirit. If you really believe that, and you stand in that office, you will say what God tells you to say. This office and this call is not a popularity contest. It's not one to be popular with. It is one to move heaven to earth. Can you say amen? But we have been taught religious so much, and I don't put it down. I'm not making it, because everybody has religion to some degree. But what we start making it have form to where there's no movement for the Holy Spirit. And, and I can tell you one thing for sure. I've been around here long enough to see many ministers fall. 
or many of ministers fall. And I don't wish that to happen to anybody. But when God speaks to the man or woman of God, he has to do what God says. But see, people, people are just kind of strange. So let me finish reading. Heir to everything, for him God created the panorama and in an extensive unbroken view of the whole region surrounding that, of, that observer. In other words, all around, all around, God is going to allow you to see what's going on in the sphere of the, uh, of, the, of the supernatural all around you. That's what he's going to allow you to see. We call that walking in the spirit and living in the prophetic. When the scripture says, walk in the spirit. So there's something to see there. God told the prophet Elijah, he says, I want you to walk through this valley of dry bones. I don't know how y'all think he got around there on a, on a broom or something. I mean, it was a large valley. <laughs> y'all just think he got on a broom and rolled around him. Well, he didn't do it. And God told him to walk through the valley of the dry bones. And then God told him, he asked him questions. Remember, every miracle begins with a what? With a conversation. And so God asked him some questions. Can these bones live? And he says, only you know, Lord, can these bones live? And he said, then prophesy to them. Prophesy to these bones. Now, can you imagine a valley probably as big as, as uh, the Grand Canyon? Because it was an army, it was a nation of, of people who had been slain. A nation of people. A nation of people who have been slain. There wasn't just a handful of bones. Because the Bible says they all began to rattle and they came together and they made a big, great army of people. So that's the kind of God who says, that's the place where I want you to live for me. That's the kind of God they're talking about. And so he passed by all of these places, and then all of a sudden he says, bone on top of bone, they begin to rattle. And then, then skin and veins and all these things begin to come into place, and they rose up, and they were a mighty army of God. And the Bible says that those things were done for our example, that we should learn not to sin, not to live in unbelief. That's why I said those things were done for us. Jesus said the purpose that Jesus performed miracles, the reason why he did it, so that you and I could do greater works. That was the purpose for him performing miracles so that you and I could do greater works, greater miracles. In the book of, of Philippians 2.5 in the Passion Translation, these words, and consider the example that Jesus an anointed one had set for us and let this mindset become your motivation. In other words, he said the supernatural should motivate you. It should cause you to action. I said the supernatural should motivate you and he said this should be your mindset. It's like setting a pole in the concrete. It should be your mindset. You should be set in the miraculous. You should be set in the supernatural. You should be set in the impossible. You should be set in that. And then the impossible become possible to you and it becomes your daily living every single day. This is Apostle Bird. So glad that you tuned into the podcast. I'm looking forward to you enjoying it again. Come with us soon and meet us with our next Supernatural Podcast. God bless you.